me and Tom were joking. Um, a good, a good concept for a TV show, like a funny concept for a TV show, would be like like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but it's a venture capitalist author who made his millions off of writing about hillbillies. You know what I mean? Like where he, he's from or whatever. Um, and his dad's brother's son, like his hillbilly cousin, has to come live with him. Um, and he's constantly like uh, fucking up his uncle's grift. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like his uncle goes to... <laughs> You know, do speeches and and, si- and book signings and stuff on how like everybody from you know Kentucky, where he's from, like gets in chainsaw fights and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but his cousin shows up and he's like just normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm an accountant. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I work on Amy McGrath's campaign. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. Well, welcome to the show. Speaking of Amy McGrath, I have a f- new theory. I think Amy McGrath's going to win. New theories. <laughs> that's, a, that's a new segment. New theories. I'm going to tell, tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. She ain't winning shit. I once laid several thousand dollars on Austin P to win a basketball game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not risk averse whatsoever. <laughs> and I would tell you I would not put any amount of money on Amy McGrath to win that. <laughs> no. I wouldn't take a flyer on it for five dollars if you gave me twenty thousand to one. Well there was an article in the Rolling Stone last week that was like written from it was so bizarre to read. It was like written from the perspective that like Mitch McConnell has nowhere to go from here other than losing. Like, he is, like, it was... What? Yeah, it was written from the... It was so bizarre to read because it was written from the perspective that, like, um, Mitch McConnell has been fucking up so bad. Like, he's been in this... He's been in the... In Congress for 40 years now, and he's been fucking up so bad recently. How has he... Here's my question, and I'm not saying this to derail the conversation, but how has he been fucking up so bad? Yeah. He manages to remain supremely unpopular, and yet, and yet, he's the only reason that the Republicans' policies have any weight at all, and they're kicking ass right now. If anybody's just fucking paying attention, yeah. If if this were on a chart, he would be trending continuously upward for forty <laughs> fucking years, just rock hard dick all the way up, and then suddenly he's just going to plummet because of a because Amy's going to shoot him down because <laughs> yeah because of a flatter jet well the thing the thing that they keep pointing to is this poll that says like his popularity numbers have dipped the lowest they've ever been they keep pointing to this <laughs> you know what we should start doing we should start releasing uh like breaking news alert uh fact checks about amy mcgrath and make her like defend that's how that's how we could get her to finally admit her uh haven't you done enough kill. to amy's campaign <laughs> her confirmed deaths <laughs> <laughs> we should be like alert like <laughs> fucking breaking news amy was actually only a fighter jet uh repair woman <laughs> and she only flew them when they were brought in for repair to determine what they needed yeah right. that'd be a lot better than what Engine she really rebuild. did but 
well for us <laughs> but that's her whole thing is like she's bad enough to fly to fucking fly a fighter jet over bad uh, enough to kill uh, over innocent um people she's bad enough to take on mitch mcconnell addison mitchell mcconnell <laughs> well moscow mitch yeah you know, just let me respond real quick to you you pointing out about mitch's lowest numbers let me just give you a live look in what he's doing right now <laughs> he looks like you remember you remember the first x-men movie they came out with <laughs> yeah, you remember I the remember. senator that got mutated yeah and he like, he you know he like kind of <laughs> melted into water he was like on the table uh that's yeah. kind of what mitch mcconnell looks like but he's just that guy like lounging in a pool chair looking at his numbers and just sipping a mai tai <laughs> knowing that no way in hell is that he going to get shot down. Well, another thing that they used in this piece, like, as evidence that he's um, fucking up was his appearance at the fancy farm. They were like, he, like, you could tell he was genuinely shook for the first time in his career. Like, the crowds really got to him by chanting, chanting Moscow yet, Mitch. By chanting yet. Yet, yeah. <laughs> yet. Yep. <laughs> really got to him and we've talked about how he's pretending like it's really getting to him so they think so they'll just you know keep on this same fucking grift it's like uh uh-huh. well here's the thing too he's not shaking <laughs> no he has a war chest full of money he don't even have to dent let me his campaign uh, budget allow me just to rewind everybody back to the rnc when he was actually booed overwhelmingly just booed by his own crowd yeah he does not he's not widely loved he, in the conservative movement he do, but he also he just does not rattle easily i'll tell you this i'll tell you this about moscow match he does not rattle easy <laughs> i'll tell you this it's hard-hitting analysis there. Yeah. Hey, 40 years Thick skin. Yeah, I um, I'm only saying that she'll win just because I'm just trying to hedge our bets here. All right, um, look, this. Uh, is you a, really think this? This is. A, I don't really think this. I'm just trying to hedge <laughs> okay, our bets. Okay, so okay, okay. Like, you think it's good for Trillbillies if she wins? <laughs> I think it's good for us if she loses. <laughs> I think it's bad for us if she wins. Then <laughs> you know she, we might lose our show if she wins. <laughs> <laughs> My livelihood's at stake. Oh God! I'm about to go campaign for Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Say it ain't so, Amy. <laughs> Amy shot down the trill, Billy's. <laughs> yeah, just straping <laughs> my... I wish she would. Yeah, no, like, I live on a ridge. She should. She, she could just... just fly a plane by and <laughs> My God, it's it. Amy. But... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, in the early 90s when you would see those videos that they would broadcast from, like, fucking Baghdad. Baghdad, and it's just... Black and white, uh, in an explosion. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the same thing, but you just see me sitting out in front of my house. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Sorry, just run down the you know what's always crazy to me is like the idea of being a war correspondent. Because <laughs> yeah. like, like you remember like growing up and like they'd show like war was on TV. Oh yeah, you get all the val- valor without having to kill anybody. We've talked about this before. <laughs> like I would, I would sit up late at night when I was supposed to be asleep and just watch like the news channel where it was just like. A, the green uh, night cam yeah green yeah. night cam and it would just it would just be nothing. There's no noise, of course. It would just occasionally be like a. And do you remember when the Iraq War kicked off? I can remember them pulling down the statue of Saddam Hussein on like live oh, yeah. TV. Oh yeah, yeah. watched that. Mm-hmm. that. That's the um, that's the kind of valor you want. Okay, so in in a war, if you truly and that was all staged. Of course that. Of course, it was. <laughs> yeah, war is a big production. It's, it's like almost like a. Uh, I would compare it to a uh, cats. A f- 
I compare it to a football game <laughs> yes. on a Friday rent. night. It's like rent. It's like a Friday night high school football game. It's like yeah. all hands on deck. We got to make this look good. Except mm-hmm. there's like millions of people mm. killed and well, billions of dollars. Yeah. If you want the valor, but you don't want the baggage of having killed innocent civilians and and other people, you know, combatants in a war, be a medic or a war correspondent. You know. There you go. You still get the valor. You've seen war, but you weren't. Yes. <laughs> or, or you become a jet engine repair woman. Or, or a general. <laughs> just be a general. You just sit in, in a air conditioned field office, <laughs> an air conditioned field office, right. and you just plot people's destinies out. Just Ooh. like you're playing fucking risk. Yeah. Um. But it is insane that we watch wars happen on, yeah. on well, TV. Well, it's it's Prime even time. to me. It's even more insane that we don't anymore. Yeah. To me, it's an, even more insane that like fifty people are just incinerated last week, and you just hear a scant mention about it. And then it's nothing on about the next it. Then, thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's even more disconcerting. You're right. But to this point about being a war correspondent, like. Isn't it fucking crazy? Like, it, it's almost like those guys that, like, are reporting with hurricanes and they're just sitting there in windbreakers with their camera and, like, getting knocked around and shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, goddamn, like, 200 yards from you, there are bombs going off. <laughs> well, and you're just sitting there right in the pocket, Christine Amanpour, <laughs> just giving us the play-by-play. I think this about hurricane correspondents, people with weather, like, uh, weather channel people who are just like out there in the in the eye of a fucking hurricane there's just buildings flying behind them and they're out there in their windbreakers well you could just do it peter was it peter jennings who yeah. said he was a war correspondent but actually wasn't well what was peter CCI? jennings i was in a helicopter and oh no you mean like down. he was still in valor yeah remember he said he was like in a situation where he was in a helicopter and it was shot down but it turned out that he lied about it wasn't what's, it peter jennings what's or? the biggest lie you ever no. told <laughs> Wasn't it Bill O'Reilly? That is definitely that's a pretty big one. No, no Bill like, O'Reilly, Bill, but Bill O'Reilly said he was in the Falklands War. Oh yeah, well there was this, that was that. bullshit. Like anything he does is bullshit. But it was funny because it was this like nightly news respected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, actually, he participated in the war from Terre Haute, Indiana. You're right, Tanya. That is the best example of, or a really good example of the biggest lie you've ever told. Where you have to continue telling more lies <laughs> to make sure it doesn't ever. And a weird thing, too, is like as technologies and Wikipedia and all that stuff become more robust, like that lie couldn't evolve. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like the technology is like catching up to your bullshit. Yeah. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, I can't even really lie about that anymore because. <laughs> well, it's like I was, it's like the fishing stories thing, man. Yeah. It all comes back to my routine, comedy routine at the, the coal camp. Um Cell phone cameras, they really made fishing stories uh, more boring. Boo! <laughs> they start throwing stuff at you. Dude, I'm so tired. We really should have taken a day off between the end of the tour and recording an episode. Didn't we try this last time? We recorded an episode right after the last tour. And it oh, was yeah. Dog shit. And I was like, on, and you two were like, huh. <laughs> now we're just. All right, well, let me reach deep down. See if I can summon some energy. Uh, tell us about your uh, Sturgill Simpson mansion. 
Oh yeah, you motherfucker! I've opened Pandora's <laughs> box, baby. Fucker. Just con- all day, people giving me their opinions. Let me tell you something. Did not want. Let me tell you something, motherfucker. Margot Price saved country music too. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Oh, here, I got some recommendations for you, Terrence. Perhaps you've heard of Casey Musgrave. <laughs> um, listen, motherfucker. If it's not Jason Isbell, if it ain't fucking Amanda Tyler Childers, if it ain't Amanda Shires, if it ain't Sturgill oh Simpson, God. if it ain't fucking Casey Musgraves, well, let me tell you something, motherfucker. It ain't country music. Well, you, well, you listen to over there, fucking Jason Aldean, you fucking Philistine. I listen to Gary Allen, all right? I'm sitting here watching airplanes <laughs> take off. <laughs> Let's do that, but with Amy McGrath. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just sitting out here watching fighter planes piloted by the next senator. That, that's good. Do they even fly planes anymore? Isn't it all drones now? Aren't aren't fly aren't pilots now just working in simulation rooms? They still fly planes. Um, nah, I don't buy it. Yes. <laughs> well, you gotta have the Blue Angels, right? Remember they do all the tricks and shit. Yeah, football games. <laughs> the they are they are domestic flights though. They don't do any. <laughs> they they are only. Oh, I don't know if they see actual combat. Yeah, no combat. No, I'm sure they do, but you know. Um. Well, um. Yeah, trust me, we are a bloody war machine still. <laughs> There's something you said a minute ago about. The Republicans that they're kicking ass right now. Do you think that's still the case after this past seven days, Tom? What do you mean? Well, what, what t- what's happened the past seven days? I don't know, man. I've been I've been doing I've been performing comedies. <laughs> <laughs> He's been doing a variety show. Well, the the um the yes queen herself, Nancy Pelosi, has opened up impeachment. Oh, you're talking about the impeachment proceedings. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> of course. Well. Several whistleblower complaints have arisen. None cooperated, according to the <laughs> yeah. according to our, uh, here's, here's our dear how, president. Here's how I feel about impeachment proceedings. Fake news. <clears throat> um, I, they're not sticking him on the right things, you know? Yeah. Right. Like what? <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, I could sit here and bullshit you about the emoluments clause and all this kind of stuff, blah, 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 blah. But the real thing they're not sticking him on, my humble opinion is, I lost my thought. <laughs> Damn it. Back up. Pause, 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 pause. Let me get this joke back in the pocket. All right, well, keep going. <laughs> what are they not sticking them on? We don't have technology that can pause. You know, this is a live program. I hate live programs. <laughs> the thing is, is there was an article in the New Yorker um, over the weekend by David Remnick that was about how much of a. So the thing is, is like they're turning Pelosi into you know like the ninth dimensional chess here. Um. Because, like, they've, like, you know, they think, I don't know, it's kind of like what we were talking about, how, like, her daughter was, like, she's wielding the power she's had all along. Like, <laughs> they, they're doing the same thing that they did with, like, Hillary Clinton with her. I mean, because, like, liberals love to do this. They, like, love to think that they're, like, um, sort of political masters or actually these geniuses who are, like, they're just sitting back waiting for, like, the right moment to strike. To pa- yeah. Right. 
Is Christine Pelosi's that Nancy Pelosi's daughter? Yeah. I think she's the dumbest person that ever lived. <laughs> you know, as I pointed out on Twitter, some of our faves might be implicated, but then also <laughs> it's just hilarious that she's like she's wielding the power she's had the whole time, tacitly admitting that her mom is a huge piece of shit (laughs) that could have been doing something for a long time but chose not to she's dry snitching on everybody (laughs) does she not does i mean does she not know that like how many people's lives have been destroyed because of nancy pelosi's inactions yeah um and actions as far as that goes yeah well just no no fucks to give the um so like her whole thing is this whole time is that she's been hesitant to do pull the trigger on impeachment because um she says that she thinks it would be deeply unpopular like they use the example of Nixon and and Clinton especially i guess after Clinton was impeached like his approval ratings were like through the roof people loved it it was a uh, a huge boon for people love i'll tell you something people love a character like Clinton or Trump yeah, it's it is it is true. I mean, there is something to that idea that like, if you impeach him, then like his power only grows or whatever. It's kind of like the idea of like all press all press is good press. Uh, there's no such thing as yeah, bad publicity. Yeah. yeah, they'll have him like in impeachment proceedings eating Big Macs and shit, just yeah. like just like. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna make some great. It's gonna make great TV. And the one yeah. thing the one thing about Donald Trump is he's magnificent on TV. Obviously, yeah. he's a he's a brilliant media manipulator. I don't know if that's subconsciously or otherwise, or maybe it's just fun to watch just a big sweaty Queens fucking guy fucking baboon. just say funny things. Yeah. You, are you you're you're talking about a tornado of corruption, right, Tom? A human tornado. What did what did Clinton say about Hillary Clinton said something about him? He's a human tornado. The president is a corrupt human tornado. <laughs> See, it's like every everything that comes out of his mouth, his power just builds a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what this article says, though. Um, the debate over Democrats over impeachment grew increasingly fractious in public. In terms of subpoena power, you have to handle it with care, she told the Times last year. Yes, on the left there is a pound of flesh club, and they just want, <laughs> and they just want to. Oh my God, who said that? Pelosi. There's a pound of flesh club, and they just want to do to them what they did to us. I have those who want to be for impeachment and for abolishing ICE. Two really winning issues for us, right? In the districts we have to win, I don't even think they're the right things to do. <laughs> if the evidence from Mueller is compelling, it should be compelling for Republicans as well, and that may be a moment of truth, but that's not where they are. Um, I had no idea that she had said that about, like, abolishing <laughs> ICE. <laughs> I don't even think it's the right thing to do. I'll also back up and just say that she saying think. pound of flesh is not exactly... Uh, it's a little anti-Semitic. Is it really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What's the history of that? Of it's that from Shakespeare. Oh. I yeah. won't say anything else about it. <laughs> that's all. You I, won't. That's you, all. That's you all. Can't. I, no. I, no. I. I. I can't. I. I don't know anything else about it. I think it's. There's nothing else to be said. I think it ended about the Merchant of Venice. Yeah. And the the Jewish uh, peddler that. You're probably right, anyway. John. I don't know. I was anyway. I think that's. Uh, Anyway. Well, um, so... I mean, do you think there's anything to this? That she thinks this will just skyrocket his approval? Impeachment proceedings? Probably. Here's the thing. They don't have another play right now, though. Yeah, what else they going to do? Which, 
On, if that were the case, if that I, I don't buy this bullshit at all. One, I I believe you all, which what you've said. <laughs> That's mistake number yes, one. Mistake number one. <laughs> I think you're right though in saying that she's just been meticulously trying to make sure that she didn't implicate herself, right. because she's such a corrupt bitch too. Right. But if this were the case, the approval rating shit, then they would have started impeachment three years ago. Right when because he was when he first started. When not, his approval, his approval were, rating is two points higher last week than it was right after he took office. And so public support for impeachment has gone down four percentage points since last week. Yeah, <laughs> since that's how pitifully that's how pitifully they're handling this. It's yeah. it's pathetic. It's it's sad. It's sad. It's infuriating. It's. I won't tell you what it is. They've walked <coughs> right into a goddamn a cla- They did a classic blunder. <laughs> <laughs> a classic blunder. They've waited till election season to do this. So the now worst it's like possible time. Worst possible time because they know that people are already fucking over this election. Uh-huh. And the whole election right now is just the Democrats. Right. So Trump isn't having to do, you know, he, he doesn't have to do anything right now for election season. And now they're doing it for him. Wow. Don't talk about Bill Weld like that, Tanya. The Republican primary Dis- challenger. Disappointing. <laughs> Trump is not going to have a cakewalk through that primary. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Bill Weld ran with Governor Gary Johnson of New Mexico. <laughs> as his running mate. Well, I stand corrected. Imagine running as the running mate to a lunatic like Gary Johnson. <laughs> Gary Johnson's not quite a lunatic. He's just um, a massive dumbass. Yeah, he's really stupid. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Like, he didn't even know where Syria was. Like, he didn't even Aleppo know. Aleppo is like... Yeah. Aleppo. <laughs> Biggest humanitarian crisis of the week, Aleppo. Well, um, so they're going to mishandle this, and they're probably going to wind up giving Trump the, you know, all of it on a silver platter. <laughs> well, I think they're dramatically underwriting how popular Trump is, just like a lot of people are. And um, I think what their their calculus is this: oh, we're going to hit him. If we embattle him into the election season, that's going to bode well. That's going to bode well for us during the election, right? Which is also sort of a tacit <laughs> admission that none of their candidates that they want to run, sans Bernie, is worth a fuck that they need to put their thumb on the scale by impeaching a sitting president, right? To do it, <laughs> right? It's like, uh, oh yeah, well, fucking uh, Cory Booker's going to need a little help, so we'll, you know, or whoever it is they want to run, you know. You think Trump is pretty popular, though? You think he's like um? I mean, what is his current approval rating? Two he's points said, higher than when he right what, first what, took What office. was it? I don't know what like that was. Forty something percent, like forty six percent, forty eight percent. Is that fairly high for a president? I think Mitch McConnell's eighteen percent. By contrast, I think George Bush's after nine eleven was like eighty <laughs> percent. Yeah, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not great, but. Let's think back to the impeachment of William Jefferson Clinton for a moment, if we could. Let's do that. Let's go back. Good, because my memory's so bad, I don't even remember how it shook out. What actually happened? Well, uh, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version, but basically, Bill Clinton assured the American people that he would be in office on his last day in office. And he was, and he went out to the tarmac and got on the plane to leave. Uh huh. And then he said something about, I told you I'd be here till the end. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, that's, that's true. crazy. That's true. And uh, my hunch is that Donald Trump's going to do the same thing. He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. He's not getting impeached. He's not getting impeached. Here, I want to. I, I just here's what I want to say. And I, a lot of people say, uh, you all are so negative. Your records, your this, your that. 
There's haters. That very well may be true, but here's two things I know for sure. One, Donald Donald John Trump's not getting impeached, or rather, he he might get impeached, but he won't be removed from office. And B, Addison Mitchell McConnell's not going anywhere. In fact, he will go down. They will build, erect a statue to him, and uh, he will be known in the future textbooks as the guy that uh, that uh, built America as it was. <laughs> <laughs> he is the Lord and Master of the Ring, whether we want to accept that or not. I hope I leave to tear down that statue. Oh, I do too. Don't get me wrong. Trust me. I'd like to turn him into paste. <laughs> but not with these fucking uh, sophomoric nit tactics and shit. So you don't think, Tom, sophomoric. that the um, the Democrats are having a uh, a banner week? I don't think they you are. You don't think that they are kicking ass and taking I think names? They, th- they think they are. I think they think they are, but I also know a classic slip shuck when I see one. <laughs> these guys are <laughs> letting Tom them... invented it. These guys are letting them believe that they're doing something that they got them on skates. And trust me, none of these none of these people are on skates. You cannot be on... You cannot put the Republicans on skates till you do something about gerrymandering. Do you do something about voter disenfranchisement? Right. Do you do something about those things? It's like just it all, until you do that, all this shit is just a moot point. Right. Because you'd have to mobilize a large percentage of the non-voting working populace to actually yeah. boot them out. Yeah. And here's just my thing. For people that fucking flick their bean to fucking electoral politics and what happens at the ballot box, they sure don't do a whole hell of a lot to improve their odds there. Yeah. Well, um, but what do you say to the fact that Trump melted down on Twitter the other night and said, we're going to have a new civil war? <laughs> this is this is the interesting thing to me about to me about the civil war nerds, like the people who either speculate about it or even want it to happen. Like maybe they're on the right. Who the fuck is going to fight that war? Like Democrats. Like, who, I don't understand who would be on the other side of Trump. Like, who would Trump and McConnell and company be fighting? <laughs> yeah, who who would you be fighting? <laughs> I don't know. It's like the Democrats aren't doing, they're like, they're not being aggressive with you. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. It's like you need an actual opponent in a war. Maybe. And actually. all their opponents are just, like, crippled with healthcare problems that they can't afford to fix and debt and <laughs> right and it'd be a slaughter <laughs> yeah it's just <laughs> we're broke and sick <laughs> yeah it's like we can't fight the war <laughs> we can't fight the wars <laughs> it's you know what we're gonna hex them it's so fucking funny though to think about like even if you really like we descend from people that fought all these fucking bullshit wars this fucking country's raged and that's the the consciousness that we need to come to. Like, here's what I would say to that question is, do you really want to wake up in 40 years after you've been exiled to Paraguay or wherever it is? You can't, you know, fucking... Do you really just want to be there and say, oh, yeah, I risked it all for Donald Trump for a fucking t- reality TV billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's... Re- I guess when you think about it, that's really the only war 
construct they know i mean who, who do you think we're fucking shooting in syria right and the, all these other countries that we're occupying we're, i mean it's not like that's true maybe you actually yeah, don't need an opponent n- yeah you don't need an opponent we never have had one yeah they're never ha- we well have well well i'd say the vietnamese we <laughs> Uh, they they kind of took us to the woodshed. But. <laughs> took us to the actually, woodshed. actually, let's just talk about this for a second. America's really, for such a bloodthirsty war machine, we're pretty fucking bad at it. Because yeah. we don't actually, the, the money spent is, because these are cowboys. Yeah, these it's a not, racket. Yeah, it's. It's just like, it's like the nonprofit thing, but people die and lose limbs. You know, it, all it is is about is just like getting this big pot of money from a certain class of people and then like patting it out to everybody. But right. yeah, they just you all watched War Dogs starring uh, <laughs> Jonah Hill. <laughs> <laughs> they have, uh, you know, what what is it? Probably a hundred times the size of any other military. I don't even know. You know, what is the next largest military besides the U.S.? China, I would say. Probably. Mm. <coughs> Maybe the Russians. Is it a quarter of the size? Guam. Half. Actually, I think Guam. Guam fights for us. Fights for us. <laughs> Gets none of the <laughs> benefits. Yeah. Slovenia. Yeah. Not to mention all our contractor cowboys. Right. So it's just they're, they they don't need a, a an equal opponent. They that's, don't need. Yeah. Maybe that's the thing. Like when By saying civil war, they're meaning just a even more repressive police state. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> But, I mean, like, Trump's thing, the point that Trump was trying to make... Or it's just they they will keep being as terrible as they are, but with, you know, uh, they won't even have to pretend to have court hearings about it. Right. I think Trump's talking about hearts and minds. (laughs) (laughs) The 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 point that Trump was trying to make, he he was quoting a, a pastor who said that impeachment proceedings would trigger a civil war. Um, so their opponents antifa yeah yeah no that's i guess that's probably what they're going for i mean like in their minds trump thinks that the maggot chuds will turn out in the streets for him and he's probably right i mean me and tom were talking the other day about fucking uh clive and bundy and those those assholes um so i mean like they've got shooters yeah but I don't know what happens. Yeah, no. That's an that's an interest. That's a more interesting question. Is in those type of scenarios, who would actually take up arms in the name of Donald Trump? Donald fucking Trump. It's wild. <laughs> a guy that has done nothing for your material circumstances. Yeah. I mean, probably these like chuds that uh, have are are drawing pension plans and have like somehow distorted in their head that the Republican Party or Donald Trump has like kept their pension intact for them or some bullshit you know it's like some generic thing they believe yeah nutty retirees it's exactly the equivalent of my mother's favorite tv show was beat bobby flay food (laughs) network (laughs) where they take a chef and they have to try to compete you know have a dish off with bobby flay bobby flay wins a lot It'd be like my mom taking up guns in defense of Bobby Flay. <laughs> I guess what the kind of class I put Donald Trump in. You know what I mean? Well, don't shit on Bobby Flay that way. <laughs> I saw some people like speculating, like fellow socialists, um, speculating that like if the president of the United States is talking about civil war, maybe we should be taking it pretty seriously. Um, and so it's like one of those things, it's like, it's hard to know, like with this, with Trump, like how much of it is just bluster and like, whatever. Mind you, this is a man that said he was the chosen one. This is what I'm saying. Like, 
think, imagine for a moment, close your eyes and imagine for a moment that you took everything Donald Trump said very seriously. At face value. At face value. You would not sleep. You would not eat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like if you were hanging off every word that the U.S. president said at this point, you would be so unhealthy. You'd have to be admitted. <laughs> Truly. How would you even do that? How, how, what do, how, how do we pick and choose? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe some people want it to be like the uh, the signal for the coming class or whatever. But yeah, let him signal it. No, I think what what you're saying is like the socialists that are saying maybe we need to take that seriously. It's like we ain't there. This is yes. The left is not a sizable political force that could actually. Yeah, our what like, our guns or our thumbs? What are they? We We're are. I tell you what, we are. We are like. Do you ever posture like you were a badass when you were younger? All the time, I still do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I'll fuck a motherfucker up. Uh, like, all yeah. that I do this weekly. Yeah. The left, we do that. Uh-huh. We do that. We, we have we, ha- we have our revenge fantasies. We have our guillotine fantasies. We have all these things. I'm for them, but we ain't there yet. Is what I'm trying fuck to say. No. They will mop us in a second. It's like when the fucking Polish army showed up with swords and horseback against Hitler's Panzer tanks. Yeah. Right. I watched an incredible standoff last night on an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Untucked. And the queen got up in this other... They had been up in each other's face screaming. And finally, the last straw was the queen said, Bitch, I am from Chicago. (laughs) I will murder you. (laughs) And that's when she... That was like, you know, the last thing she could say. And she was either going to have to hit or not. And she just turned around and said, It ain't worth it. And left. Damn. So that was the last straw. It was so... I'm going to use that sometime. I'm going to look at somebody and say... (laughs) I'm from Chicago. <laughs> you know what that means, don't you? I will murder you. I will murder you. <laughs> um, yeah, well, yeah, so that's the thing. Like, uh, the left is not, like... I, also, I'm, I continue to be skeptical of our ability to convince a service worker who works 70 hours a week and is dog-fucking-tired to learn military discipline. <laughs> I definitely, I mean, like, I just don't think You'd, that... What we'd have to do is just all just drop out of life, which, I mean, might be a good tactic. But. Yeah, honestly, it might not be a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, so, I stand corrected. We definitely could front an army, but it would take everybody just quitting their job and dropping out. Right. It would be like an inadvertent general strike. Well, that's all we have. It's like we have our labor to withhold. Right. That's the power we yield, and we know that. And, it, and, it, and even that is you know, unbelievably complicated and difficult. Yeah. I do, however, think that we that the left doesn't... You know, we don't have a real hyper-focus on anti-war as much as, like, other left movements of the past did when it was a central thing. I think maybe just because war is so normalized and we've, like... Like, you were talking to that kid the other night at the show who had said, we've been in wars as long as I've been alive. Yeah, he yeah. was born in 2004, so we've been at, we've been continuously at war even longer than yeah. he's been alive. Than he's been alive. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's just I, 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 you know, what's what's how how do you respond to that? You know, seriously. I mean, frankly, I think it's just the ramblings of a madman. It's just like he's sort of speaking to these fucking boomer losers that like 
you know, have this like lost cause fantasies and all this shit. Yeah. You know, but well, I mean, I, 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 I've often wonder why they're why it's not built in more to the Green New Deal, like a shift in for military funding. Like we fund this with military funding, and I think there is some, right? I think so. I'm not but, sure. But I, it's not enough. Obviously, it's not enough. Like, I think the impending climate crisis that's already on us, it's October 1, and there are schools in Ohio that are canceled for high temperatures. Dude, it's fucking hot as it's shit. Ble- this weekend, I, I mean, I was such a bitchy bitch about temp all weekend. I was just so <laughs> hot. It's like, it's, it, it's, it's like painful. When you're, <laughs> I mean, I'm still dehydrated. We're, we're get, so I'm saying I couldn't get hydrated. I sweat so much all weekend. It's like you, it's like too hot to do anything, and it's just only going to get worse. Um, I mean, I saw a headline this, yesterday. Uh, these uh, a quote from some kids who were, you know, protesting something on their campus, and they told this old man, "You're going to die from old age, and I'm going to die from a climate crisis." <laughs> I mean, it's they're not wrong. It's bleak. That old man's like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, yeah you're gonna <laughs> die. I'm not gonna die from old age. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna die in a few years, safe in your, you know, in bed, you bastard. And I'm gonna be like, you know, I'm having I'm just talking fucking. shit to an old man. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, you fucking. We need to do more of that shit. Well, Talk he, shit's old guys. He was a yeah. board of trustee. He was like an old okay. rich yeah, decision-making motherfucker. Like, yeah, I'm not talking like shit to old man Doug down here. Yeah. Thank you. But. No. I mean, that's not true. It's like Nancy Pelosi. She will die from old age. We will not be so lucky. Yeah. Diane Feinstein will probably die 97 years old, fucking surrounded by her loved ones. Everything, every advantage in the world. Yeah, and they'll probably just slip her a little cocktail to, to send her on her way peacefully. Like, they wouldn't have, you know, we, we don't get that luxury. No. Anyway, we don't have to slip into this to no. the rabbit hole of death, but it's like... I don't think that they're disconnected that a pending climate chaos and catastrophe is going to have to impact militarization in this country and in all all over the planet. Yeah. And and what that looks like, I don't know. I mean, you know, if there is a God, hopefully she will uh, flood all of our military bases the world over. That would be a great, <laughs> like, first, I don't know, you know, I don't know, whatever it is. That would be tight. And then there's, like, a Moses. Not going to happen. Because or, uh, the people who are most, because they are not building these motherfuckers in floodplains. That's where poor people live. You know, it's like the, the infrastructure this world over is slanted so that poor people are going to die first. Could you imagine, like, um, a military equivalent of Noah? And God is like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to flood all the military bases. You can, you have to get two of every weapon. To put. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's, oh, fuck that's me. That's the darkest yet. <laughs> two of every that's bomb. truly the darkest yet. <laughs> and we have to Woo! repopulate the species. And how we're going to do is we're going to get two thin blue line people, two thin red line people, two thin <laughs> green line people. <laughs> If you've got a thin line, what's a thin red you line? You have to repopulate the earth. Is that Baywatch? Is that I forget now. <laughs> no, it's, it's thin red line is, Oh yeah, that's um, right. No, you're yeah. right. Duh, because big red truck. if you aren't a line person, you have zero worth. You have zero utility to this coming global authority yeah. no, in the, nightmare future. Yeah. In our current feudal society, like we well, have a pro- I have a plot pride flag those are like oh those have lines eight thin lines <laughs> hey well you know it, it, it this is sort of something we've stumbled on that's interesting is if you look at sort of the fascization of 
like the essential services. Yeah. I don't include police in this, but you know what I'm saying. Most people would include yeah. as essential. But like these people, these sort of fascia elements sort of ingratiating themselves to uh, nurses now, uh, EMTs, police, fire, etc. Yeah, there's going to be a teacher line. They're going to run out of colors. That That is an interesting question in, for me, though. Like, I wonder if there ever will be, because conservatives hate teachers. Yeah, that's They're even true. open about this. Like, they get three fucking months off a year, and must be nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> when they're sitting back, just if you're fuckers. fucking the Senate, you get like... They're just pa- they're just padding out their sick days. Yeah. Cashing in their fucking sick days. Yeah, they do. We talk about teachers like like they're on the dole or something. You <laughs> Absolutely. Know what I mean? Teachers have some real revolutionary potential. Um They've they've been flexing it already. Yeah. They flexed it this year. Here and in West Virginia this past year. Well, speaking of teachers, um I uh so Bernie's fundraising numbers for Q three quarter the third quarter of the year were released today and uh the most common occupation among all of his donors was teacher um wow, wow. Know, he uh and the and the average donation was eighteen dollars and seven cents and he out fundraised everybody um even the media won't tell even you biden that, even biden and boot edge i couldn't imagine why have you seen joe's appeals for money <laughs> We have to discuss I mean, he begs you. Financial, Biden at financial.com. We, need, we, have, we, have, we have something to discuss. Uh, he sounds me. like a, uh, like a, you owe him money, like he's a collector. <laughs> yeah, he's a, that's he's right. He's a fucking bill collector. Yeah, he's just, I've been going over the numbers, Mr. Sex. It looks like you owe me, my campaign, $10.26. <laughs> Wait, is Buttigieg, Buttigieg, is Booty Boy, is he raising a lot of money? Yeah, but I mean, the thing about Buttigieg and Biden is, it's all money from massive corporate donors. So Buttigieg, I think Buttigieg actually got the second most fundraising he, He's numbers. getting all that gay white men money. There, gay white men in this country hold so much wealth. They do love... Well, know. here's a... <laughs> you're going to start like a... It's like an anti-Masonic or an anti-Semitic like, <laughs> trope, but it's about gay white gay men. <laughs> they they tend to be conservative, fairly conservative, honestly. <laughs> it's so funny. It's uh, it's uh, yeah. I think on Chapo they made the point that it was like, um, uh, Buttigieg has like the lowest amount of voters proportion to his fundraising. Mm. Uh-huh. You know what I mean. He's he's you know he'd get like sixteen votes, but like all six, those sixteen people donate him like twenty seven million dollars. Yeah, Jesus Christ! Do you see how awkward it, the videos are of him like out on picket lines talking to workers? Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. an idiot. Did you learn nothing from your father at all? You know what I'm saying? Like at all? Well, me and Tom tried to go talk to the striking UAW workers out Chattanooga. We were like. Um, we want to support you in any way we can. We're, we'll go in there and make your Corvettes for you. We'll yeah. go in there and make your cars for you. You yeah. guys stay out here. We'll go make the Corvettes <laughs> for you. How's that set? <laughs> um, I almost wrecked the car. Michelle's driving. And I started honking the horn. <laughs> She's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" It's a funny idea, like a liberal coming to awareness of like unions, but doesn't understand what scabbing is, and so tries to like go help yeah. out the striking workers. Like, I'll, I'll go help them. I'll go make the cars for you. I'll do it for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll save your company all kinds of money. <laughs> um, speaking of fundraising, though, for a campaign, you've got to check this out. This is one of the funniest fucking stories I've ever heard. Um, 
It's in the Charleston Gazette Mail. Uh, West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey's campaign campaigns owe him more than $1.7 million, and he's asking for your help. Thursday morning, in a video shared live on Facebook, Morrissey requested small-dollar donations for his next political bit venture, which he said he's still working on figuring out. <laughs> Amazing. For me to go forward, I need your help. If you believe I should run for Attorney General in 2020, I need you to show your support financially. He's in debt from his previous campaigns mm-hmm. and is trying <laughs> to pay it off. That's Even though he has no intention to run for anything. I mean, he doesn't know. <laughs> if you want me, if you want me to not end up in a debtor's prison, please. Look, it says the fine print makes clear a donation is not a political contribution in the common use of the phrase. It's literally to pay off his previous <laughs> The first $1,000 given goes to retired debt from Morrissey's 2012 general election campaign. <laughs> amazing. Simply amazing. The next $1,000 <laughs> given goes to retired debt from his 2016 primary election oh campaign. Oh, my God. I think you're going to see more and more of this because so many people keep losing and continuing. I mean, like Amy McGrath, for example. or Never even, held office. Yeah. Continues to run losing campaigns. Right. Or Beto. Or, I mean... Amy McGrath will be fine because she's getting all that Hollywood money. That's true. She's get, she's, it's who she's running she, against. Patton Oswalt tweeted out something the other day in support of her. Are you fucking with me? I was like, are you fucking Those serious? people will tweet, though, but they don't throw money around, honestly. Yeah. I mean, maybe Patton Oswalt gave her money, but... Who are you talking about? Gay men? No, Hollywood. <laughs> who are you talking about? Gay men? <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Me too. That's one of our buddies the other day said, and we're talking about... This guy over here, he's a total liberal, loves to cook. <laughs> it's like when somebody gets the tropes wrong, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> stereotypes wrong. I love it. Um, but so wait, so yeah, Bernie uh, got a fuckload of money. Um, and I can't believe his average gift is eighteen dollars. Eighteen dollars, because you know he's getting some big gifts too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that means he must be just getting thousands of $5 gifts. Yeah, definitely. Just so many. Because even if I chose to give to Bernie, I would probably give, you know, 50 bucks. I would give like 25 or 50 bucks. $18 is such a wild average. Right. He must just be getting so many $5 gifts. Well, and then, so they said the common occupation was, or the most <laughs> the most common occupation was teacher, <clears throat> but the... Um, aside from that, the most common employers were Amazon. Um, maybe Google was one of them. I can't remember. Did you see any of that? Tom? You have to fill out where you work to give. Yeah, was it Bernie's Walmart workers and teachers? yeah, Walmart is what it was. Walmart, Amazon, oh, and wow. teachers. I mean, I don't know if you have to fill it out, but yeah, you do. If you give any contribution, you have to say who your employer is and what your occupation is. Really? Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving Bernie some money. Wow. I've never given Bernie money. Me neither. I learned my Perhaps lesson. Perhaps it's a fool's errand to give a politician money, but I just, you know. I well, that's mean. why you're on fucking Biden's list, all these fucking lists. Yeah, Tom. No. The Dems Bernie's are, separate from all that. The Dems have been shaking you down for years. <laughs> no, they haven't got a penny <laughs> off me. I just signed up for like, oh, yeah, I'll sign this move on petition. <laughs> Goddamn, it's open Pandora's t-shirt. box. I know. I've signed quite a few move on and change.org petitions. Then you get into the jaws of the beast and you can't get out. <laughs> I know. I'm getting, I get, I get daily text messages from Planned Parenthood. Occasionally they are useful, but usually not. Yeah. Well, 
I gave money to Paula Jean Swear Engine's campaign in 2016 and still getting those goddamn emails because now she's running for Senate. She, again, it's never held office, continuing to run, losing campaigns, unfortunately. You know, I mean, I kind of supported her when she was running in 2016. Um, but the thing is, it's like, I mean, we were talking about this this weekend. Like, I saw something from her where she was like, um, we need to, you know, uh, diversify West Virginia's um, economy, you know, disempower the coal industry. And we're going to do it by <laughs> entrepreneurship and yeah. middle class. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's like... And we talk Paula, they've gotten to you too. <laughs> they are, they're good hearted. And it's just so bleak that we can't see past entrepreneurialism. Like, uh, God. well, they don't understand that, like, this is what, this is what's so bizarre to me. Ojeda made the same mistake. Um, even the Randy Bryce guy kind of made the same mistake. Um, and lost huge. Both of those guys. Flack of in West Virginia, Southwest Virginia. Virginia did the same thing. They they kind of put the aesthetics of their campaign on as a sort of like Bernie populist type campaign. But what they don't realize um, is that the people who they would theoretically be trying to get to support them don't vote, right? And then they do realize that, and then they start going after the middle class people, the entrepreneurs, not entrepreneurs and all those people. What they don't realize is that those people, nine times out of ten, will vote conservative. They'll always vote for their own economic self-interest. Tax breaks and shit. Yeah, they're not going to fucking vote for it. What, well, it, this is like the definition of missing the forest for the trees. It's, it's always wild to me that, that you can move so much you can win campaigns you can win prisons you can get almost anything you want to get done in america if you promise jobs <laughs> but the reality is i've never met a motherfucker who really wanted a job yeah, people want. don't want jobs we do not want yeah. <clears throat> entrepreneurs are people who are sick of fucking bosses the bosses are the problem here not lack of fucking uh jumpstart grants these people you know what i mean it's like yeah. no one's sitting around that doesn't need money to live thinking you know i could really just get my horse come soap shit off the ground and that would just make me so happy i just really want people to have access to my horse come soap <laughs> no one actually wants to start these fucking businesses they are just like clamoring for their survival the problem it's not like we are not backing up far enough it's always just this like, fucking jobs, jobs, jobs. No one actually wants a fucking job. This, these jobs are bullshit, and they put us in the hospital. Jobs and in suck. the poorhouse. Yeah. The Rob, the the wisdom of Rob Wisman. Oh, yeah. I'm going to vote for the person that promises jobs, those things we all know and hate. Yeah. The, the, thing, the, the most common denominator of every person on the planet is that they hate their fucking job. Yeah, well, the, um, the uh, again, like, a small business owner is not going to vote for someone who also in the same breath talks about you know giving people health care it's actually you know it's actually better for people it's actually better for the small business owner for people to not have health care and for people to not be empowered to sort of take control of their own circumstances to not have rent control you know all these other things like small business owners they need to have employees who they can pay as little as fucking possible who are exploitable at you know as as possible don't they trip on the like it's good for small businesses so that then they don't have to provide health care for small businesses <coughs> yeah because if you have full-time em full-time employees you have to provide health care currently right 
Right. Some bullshit healthcare. Right. So maybe it is good for her. Maybe the, maybe the small business owners do want Medicare for all. They should. Everybody should. <laughs> <laughs> There's no logical reason unless you are making money off insurance companies to right to be against Medicare for, Medicare for all. Well, yeah, in that and um, it's like really effective like union busting tactics like. You need this. You need this job because of healthcare. Yeah, yeah healthcare is what they have to lord over us. Right. No, for sure. Right. No, I've experienced that a little too intimately recently. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Well, all that to say is that you're right. Paul. Paul Jean is another example of someone who <laughs> has lost. <laughs> Bit right into it. And uh, is, I mean, like I think that, I think that you were gonna. S- maybe it's always been this way. I don't know. Is it always been this way? Where like politicians keep running for stuff and like keep losing and somehow manage to keep their names i mean i personally kind of think that it's more indicative of like these sort of political wins at the moment like nothing can move forward and so we just keep putting up the same names and the same people but nothing changes and the same platforms these same bullshit platforms about entrepreneurs and you know i i wonder I, i is it just a very american thing because because of our bootstrap narrative bullshit, like to start like the entrepreneurial grift, that's like a very American thing. Because do y'all remember? I think we've talked about this before. When uh, we had a couple people from the Welsh from Parliament Labour Party, right, come here to talk about like they were from Wales, Coalfields of Wales, and we were talking about you know economic blah 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 in both places. And one of our friends who was opening up a business at the time was like, how do you see, you know, small business owners fitting into, like, just transition, blah, blah, blah. And they straight up said, I see don't. them fitting against the wall just fine. <laughs> <laughs> she said they don't. They're, they really can't make an impact. Because these people, these are, these are the, the Labor Party won a lot of their, they didn't win them all, but they won a lot of their uh, battles in getting these, these, um, entire um industries nationalized and they're like you can't there's no way for small business owners to replace the economic impact of the coal industry it's ridiculous and so we we there are people there are people in power who know this who fucking get it and I guess all these idiots do too. They just, you know, they just lie. They just lie all the time. <laughs> Here's what nobody's being honest about is we live in a world where the laws and systems governing the the the, the world aren't real. Say more about that, Tom. <laughs> Economics. Uh, fucking chiropractic. Terrence just goes and throws himself off his dick. Uh, fucking, uh, it's not real. Well, it's, I'm not talking about like you know gravity yeah. and such. I'm talking about it's <laughs> cottage industry. Uh, what I'm talking about is you know the the things that keep powerful people in power. Yeah. Yeah, that's I don't know, like chiropractic, like chiropractic. For <laughs> Uh, like the absolute boy, Jeremy. He don't he ain't talking about entrepreneurism, is he? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because it's ridiculous. Well, I mean, the thing again, this just comes back to. I wish somebody would sort of like, you know, they did that Netflix series about <clears throat> AOC and Paul Jean Swearingen and a few oh, others. Yeah, I, I want. I need to watch that. I, I wish they would do you though. <laughs> I want to. I, I feel like it's good content. I want to watch it. 
I haven't yet though. Yeah, it could be good content. I mean, let's watch it together and record our commentary. We on should. It. We should watch it and then do a little review of it. But I wish somebody would also make a film about these sort of similar film about like Ojeda, Randy Bryce, Flacavino, Paul Jean's all, all, all the burnouts. All the people who who like Paula Jean's in the AOC movie. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying that like that all um, the people that hitch their wagon to like sort of New Deal policy. Yeah, New Deal type of sort of liberal progressive politics and and We're destroyed for it. Yeah, and don't win. Um, because they refuse to sort of grapple with political economy. This is really what it comes down to. They refuse to grapple with the fact that, you know, 80% of working people don't vote, but also that um, to actually win and actually pursue your progressive populist policies or whatever, you have to, you, you have to be antagonistic to small business owners and entrepreneurs just as much instead of conciliatory or acting like there's a place they fit in and you know it's not like you're not you're not talking about like mercantilism where like me and terrence are making horse comes up and we're selling it ourselves right but i'm talking rather people that bring other people into their grip to exploit their labor you know right exactly um and so that's the thing like they they don't I mean, maybe. I mean, I don't really know if that's the case for Andy Randy Bryce. I do know that's the case for Ojeda. And I think Venom. I think Randy Bryce just overestimated how conservative that district is. Right. You know. Yeah, I, he was running for Paul Ryan's seat, right? Right. Um, but he got beat. Did he? I guess he got beat in the primary. He got beat by twelve points. So he got thumped. He got thumped, and so did Ojeda. <laughs> Ojeda lost by like ten or twelve. Yeah, Ojeda points. got the. Yeah, you got fucking. But Ojeda was just yeah. transparently fucking grifty, though. Yeah, that motherfucker was saying anything he could to appeal to people's racism toward Mexicans, and he grandparents on one side are Mexicans. It's truly fucked. Truly What's disease? What happened to him? Is he still out there grifting? Well, he was going to run for president, and then people were just like, I, they just said, "Oh, they just said, <laughs> bruh." I think Green, I think Glenn Greenwald was like, "Oh, this guy is great. This guy would be a great candidate for president." <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Fucking dumbass, bro. Stick to Brazil. Stick to Brazilian politics. Um, let's see. Ojeda is still out there. He's still tweeting. He tweeted three minutes ago. Looks like the first congressman C. Collins to back Trump. Lowercase T. Uppercase R U M P. So he's talking about rump in the 2016. Good, good one, Rick. <laughs> Woo! In the 2016 race, has resigned and has now decided to plead guilty to insider training trading. The values on those who worship the orange one. Ojeda's uh, is rebranding as here's what he's re- he's rebranding as an impeachment guy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, what is he doing now? Is he even fucking in office anymore? I think he's kind of like a Beto. I'm not sure that he has like anything that he's... He's just waiting in the wings to run for something He's else. skateboarding across stages. And I think he's I think he's pivoted to... So he's he's another one of these guys who's like a former troop. And I think he's made a career out of that. Yeah. And is now um, like on the sort of like... Uh, dude, he is really on the Trump thing. T R U Rump. Rump. The T Rump. He's really on it. Hey, BB, what are you doing? Hey, PB. What are you doing? Um, 
Yeah. Oh, he's really in the CBD oil now. That's the thing. <laughs> oh, he's, really, he's really in the CBD. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> a dog. CBD is a dog's best friend. CBD oil gives your dog the benefits of CBD without the THC. <laughs> oh, nice. So he's he's on a CBD which oil is, uh, Which is pets. also bullshit because you can't have really any benefits of CBD without the THC. But anyway. Right. Right. But it makes total sense that he would be into it. <laughs> I guarantee you he'll be like working for some dude, I guarantee you he'll be working for some West Virginia startup growing hemp for C B D oil in the in a few months. For sure. Yeah, he's kinda missed the window <laughs> on uh, cryptocurrencies, but this is the next thing. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Hemp's the next cryptocurrency. Yeah. If he was smart he would lean hard into the just transition grift. Mm. Because a lot of money, money to be made. That's what, yeah, anybody can make it too. As long as you're fine with burying all of your, you know, convictions and compunctions with whatever, you can fucking. You think they'll fund sex ed? Just transition? Yeah. Like the. <laughs> the. Uh, if you include pizza, yes. <laughs> if, you include, make, if you include I'll farm to ta- If you include heirloom tomatoes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Heirloom tomatoes, but dildos. Here's check it out. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna make dildos, but they're gonna be like farm to table, <laughs> made out of fucking summer squash. You can make. I'm sure you could, because you know how they make those like, they make silverware and shit out of hemp, don't they now? Or wait, maybe I'm thinking of like potato starch or some shit. <laughs> they gotta get some hemp dildos. Make well, you'd be surprised what they make out there. Make a hemp dildo. All right. Yeah. Um, I think it could be done. I bet somebody would even probably uh, brand it for you, and probably, yeah, you probably you could probably get in that racket. Hemp sex toys by Tanya. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd have to kick you off the show too, because you'd be a filthy capitalist. You'd be a small like, business owner, but but you could do it. Possibly make more money than this little Griff's giving you. Yeah. We wouldn't have to kick her off. We could probably just keep continuing this thing where it's like. <laughs> we we don't confront the uncomfortable reality that Tanya's a small business tyrant. Or the fact that we are also small. We have an LLC and we're also small business owners. And We've hired an accountant. <laughs> we've hired an accountant. Well, that's that's different, though. It's not like we're hiring uh, people to do our bidding. Interesting. The downshot to that is... I don't think it is different. You want to know why? Why? Because I think that it aligns our class interests with... Uh, or it it definitely pivots our class interest away from working people into another. So, like for example, into a different realm of sort of like policies and politics. We're just trying to evade taxes, Terrence, as much as anybody else. Well, that's not true. We're trying to evade jail <laughs> for not paying taxes. Hold on a second. <laughs> Let me just say something. It is it is legal. To avoid paying taxes, it is illegal to evade paying taxes. What's the difference? It's like the difference between fraud and fraudulent. Is it, you <laughs> actually don't have to pay taxes as long as you don't lie about your income. I mean, they will eventually come get you, both ways. Uh huh. But they frown more heavily on evasion, evasion. than avoidance. So we're avoiding. We're avoiding taxes. No, so we're not avoiding taxes. I don't know why y'all keep saying so that. Basically, we're telling the IRS, like, <laughs> we we'll, paid taxes last year. We'll get back to you on that. 
Is that what avoidance is? Like, well, we'll get back yeah, to you. Yeah, kick, kick in the can down the road. But, yeah. but now what that they what they do with that is they that the points keep building and eventually your chickens will come home to roost. Okay. But you can get ten years out of that. But at the end of ten years, you're going to be in over your head. Then they'll throw you in jail. But what's evasion then? Just disappearing like peace. No, evasion is Fraudulent like lying, lying about, about. Oh, lying about what you're I, clocking. My income last year was two dollars. I have no idea. I have no idea. Don't know. We want me to say, Uncle Sam. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah a lot, straight up lies. Well, I do say I do think that I've been telling I've, I've been saying this for years though. I mean, we are petite bourgeois. We are not the, the working class. Nobody's arguing that. Um, I, I am. I think I think this is your like. I don't know. I tell me how is, you're working. I think class. this is about your ego. Tell me how you're working class. I owe more than I own. But it's not the same thing. Like, how's it not? Because. It has I live ooh, paycheck to ooh, paycheck. I like this real arguing. This I time. live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, but you are also though of, I think. Well, I mean, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I think that like you are of a. Uh, we all are. We're of a sort of professional managerial class. We aren't like. For me, working class is like, we're making profit for somebody else. I am. I am. Goddamn, definitely making profit for somebody else. Who? Interesting. Who do I work for? Yeah, a nonprofit. It's not the same thing as like a McDonald's work. <laughs> You're for. making nonprofits for somebody else. <laughs> no, somebody's <laughs> making profit. <clears throat> I just mean that, like, I guess because I actually do. T- I, I literally raise more money than I'm paid. Well, yeah. I mean, no one's disputing that. But I think it. At the same time, it's like we. F- I think we. I are- have a boss. I'm fucked over at work. Right, but we're in the class of people that are like sort of college administrators, like you, university administrators, maybe. Like that to me is the best example of like what our class is. I <clears throat> think that it's. I think that it's dangerous to be splintering working class like this. I don't think it's actually this beneficial. Is- I don't think it's beneficial to anyone. No, I, I disagree. You I think arbitrary it, <clears throat> not <clears throat> because I think that you have to have an understanding of like whose class, like what your class interests are served, like what policies serve your class interests, and who is courting them, like in the political realm. You know what I mean? You're talking about political economy. <clears throat> what you're talking about is a historical identification with being working class, which is what I wrestle with. Now that I have. Don't get me wrong, I'm in the same boat you are. I owe everybody in the damn country. It's like the kid, it's like but this This. I can't separate, I have a hard time separating what I was born into with my material reality now. That That's what says I'm getting I'm at. Doing, I'm doing better than I was done. It's like this kid. Right, I'm doing better than my mom was doing too, but. Yeah, but. And then more, and better than she's doing right now. I think that, um, I don't think it's something that you have to get defensive about. I think it's just a fact. There's nothing wrong I, I with being disagree. petite bourgeois, I don't think. <laughs> I, what where it comes down to, I think, is so. Is, then there are more of. I I just don't understand what benefit there is to the splintering, and then if that's true, the numbers like what are the you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think it's. I'm not trying to splinter it. I'm trying to say it's just different. Yeah, I know. I'm just trying to say that. So when you take your class into the realm of politics that is courted by certain policies and organizers and interests, <clears throat> and and you just have to be realistic about it. That's not, I'm not trying to like be like, well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I would push back against the idea that my 
material interests are the same as a McDonald's cashier. You know what I mean? I think they would push back on that. See, this is an, this is an interesting discussion because I remember when the Means TV video came out with the Marxist roofer guy and he was talking about, like, we're all working. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's that sort of universal, like, if you're accepting a paycheck, you're like a worker thing. Uh-huh. And I'm not sure I 100% agree with that. Although I like the notion of solidarity of, like, wage earners. Right. I think in real political terms... It would be very disingenuous of me to go to somebody that's working in service, like what I was doing a few years ago, and saying to them that, like, we're in, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, so what's the breakdown then? If we got billionaires, millionaires, what's next? I think, yeah, you'd have like the sort of bourgeois billionaires and the millionaires and the uh, hundred thousandaires. I guess. People with making six figures. Yeah, it's complicated, though, because there are people in the working class who are also, like, their interests are also not the same as a McDonald's or a Walmart worker. Like like my brother-in-law, who was a coal miner and at one point was bringing home $200,000 a year. Right, like a, or like a or like an oil rig worker or something, like a highly skilled job. I mean, I'm I'm using quotes here because it's compensated well because that's the classification that like conservatives would give it. Like it's skilled because you have skills that you go to technical school and learn, or whatever. So I don't know, but I mean, I don't know if you could really call their interest the same as yeah, like a Walmart retail worker. Um, so I guess and, I'm just asking, what is the benefit to this splintering in organizing? What's the benefit? Here's what I would chime in and say. Look at how teachers, how some of the teachers that were out there with their for their rights, let's see how many of them were going out there with Walmart workers. This is what I'm trying to get at. The The benefit of splintering it is knowing when and where someone will throw you under the bus. Because if you go out there, in if you are striking with, let's say, you work at Walmart and you're striking with like an oil uh, workers or whatever – at a certain point, your interests are going to come into some sort of conflict because, um, you know, like the political system we live in, someone will try to sort of like drive a wedge between that. And I think the, you have to know what those differences are so that you don't wind up getting fucked, basically. <clears throat> That's the only reason I think that, like, yeah, like that you would need to know. You're looking at me skeptically. I mean, I'm trying to piece it together, what you're saying, but... <laughs> I mean, I understand... You like... You really love boxes. You like to put people in boxes. You like to yeah. have things uh, yeah. organized. Not in your home, of course, but... Right. Uh, <coughs> in theory. So I see where you're coming from because I know you, but I'm not sold on how this is useful in revolutionary organizing. You think it's reactionary? A little bit. I mean, I kind of, like, Ambria Taylor says this on Season of the Bee that uh, a lot of organizers she works with, they, like, you know, they're they're afraid to organize because they've, like, put themselves outside of the working class somehow because they, like, have books and tchotchkes at home. And they, like, somehow think that they aren't in the same, because in the big scheme of things, we're all in the same bullshit situation here. And I, I see, like, obviously, my sister's material situation right now is very different than mine. 
she has to have kids she has to fucking deal with you know what i mean right well yeah. i mean but here's what i would say that, that i think uh you know i can't with a straight face say that i'm in the same bullshit situation as somebody that's like one paycheck out from no i'm not i'm not the same, absolute ruin i'm not in the same bullshit situation as my sister right. on a daily basis but our biggest problems are all the same me and my sister right your enemies are the same yeah, yeah. and the, all the things that we struggle with like right. our biggest struggles of health care and fucking debt right this and that are all the same and that's the whole point of organizing right, right. so i guess i am i just am struggling to understand what the point of this like splintering because it would be more than that it would be a, you know there would be a lot of these splinters if we started trying to tease all this out well that's an interesting debate and i think uh, another thing i think about sometimes too is the idea of like the kind of class trading stuff that you hear some people doing like oh i left my cushy you know trust fund or not even that i left my cushy like seventy eighty thousand dollar a year job to go work at walmart and salt like what is like where does the, those where did those type of people fit in? You know what I'm saying? Like the people that come from means, but have left that behind to do something. And I don't know. I don't know. That's I'm interested in talking about these things though. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a question <clears throat> for me too of the people who are like damn near posing as Walmart workers or working at Walmart to try to figure out organizing with other Walmart workers. Do you know what I mean? The yeah. insulting. Is that, I don't know what that. Well, not, not necessarily salting, but term. you know what I'm saying, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, What's salting? Like when you work, when you go to work at a place with the intention of, or, of, of organizing, yeah. unionizing yeah. it, yes. or organizing it. Yeah. You think that's wrong? No. No, I don't no. think it's wrong at all. I'm saying what I'm saying is like, what if you? Um, I don't. It's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, because at the same time, I know what the rebel would be. It's like, well, Leon Trotsky or whoever were like Ness weren't weren't poor kids you know what i'm saying like and a lot of time petty bouge kids did lead revolutionary things and I, you know i just don't know how to i don't know i don't know anyway maybe this is something for this because it's taking a weird deviation from what we were talking about we've all, this is also a two-hour episode now yeah, yeah. well I, I wasn't <clears throat> trying to be reactionary I, I just think that like that's the point of sociology you have to know where everybody stands on the board, and once you get into politics, you need to know who stands to benefit from what. And I don't necessarily agree that we're all in the same situation. Um, we all face different... I mean, I think there are classifications of us that are, you know what I mean, groupings of us. But I don't think that, like, the working class is a sort of monolithic thing. And when I say splintering off, I'm not trying to, like, carve out you know prioritizations in it i'm just trying to say that there is such a thing as a sort of petty bourgeois middle strata that their interests are not materially the same as the working class and that's like you this is like between working poor and middle class or something yeah between yeah i would put like um Maybe teachers in it. I think teachers are kind of like on that sort line. Sort of professional class. Yeah, people. professional Nurses. class people. People or university administrators, nonprofit workers, people like that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, maybe. I mean, I just think it feels like there's these are all 
like everything everyone you just everyone you just listed are underpaid workers definitely are like underpaid workers who are like pushing crumbs around that's definitely <laughs> also disproportionately women in some of those professions <laughs> yeah well, but 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 to that point that doesn't necessarily mean that they can't be reactionary too toward people in like you know poor and working more poor poor working poor conditions and right typically are so it's, I don't, it's a whole messy thing that that's fun to talk about yeah <clears throat> very interesting to talk about anyway yeah I think now this is just our, we've just, we now have a Patreon episode too. Yeah. You don't want to put it out publicly? No, no, I don't care. I we could bust it up to a two-parter. I think it's a two-parter. <laughs> no, we're, <laughs> we're only at a minute 15, or an hour 15. Oh, okay. I felt like so. it was longer than that. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, you want to wrap it up? We need to probably go in. I was going to say, I think a good bit now for over the next little bit would be for us to try to predict the next move of Nancy Pelosi or the next thing she's going to say. Like big thing she's gonna. I think that. Um, like what's gonna be her big line next week? <laughs> I hope she goes back to he's not even worth it and just pulls this whole inquiry. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I mean, because I don't know. Eventually, I think they're gonna run up against the fact that they're also looking into Biden here, right? Like, how long can they keep ignoring that? This could just this could it? turn into just a pissing contest. Where you start having whistleblowers on both sides, just right. like saying stuff, and then it just all the hypocrisies are laid bare, and then nothing happens, even though we know, like, okay, now we know all these people are transparently corrupt. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I think that that's so. They're accurate. investigating Biden too, right now. Well, they're not technically, but they're it, just. But they are. This all started because right. Trump. Yeah. <clears throat> because put a little bu- put a little bug in somebody's ear. So I wonder yeah. how long they can keep putting that off. <laughs> so you think the impeachment okay well this is a hot take that the impeachment inquiry is just to stop like to slow them down from their Biden investigation <laughs> could be I think that they think that it's a political thing throw um, them off the scent going into like yeah an election but I don't I don't know she is very very dumb so it's very likely she'll fuck it up I mean it's not just her it's Stinny Hoyer I mean He's also a huge player in this, and he's a massive dumbass. I can't think of Stanley Hoyer without thinking of Sam Knight in the trash can. Well, and then after Ilhan Omar and AOC and, you know, the squad have been calling for impeachment since he was elected, they just, uh, I I think it was the New York Times, just dropped an article this past week about, like, the four or five white freshman women who became yeah. who that suddenly they are the face of impeachment. They're, they're, the all, squad. And they're all CIA, ex CIA members too. I'm Jesus pretty sure. fucking Christ! Uh, so you know they know how to investigate. Yeah, the new the new white <laughs> squad, Amazing. the squad we've really been needing. Um, yeah, good stuff. Um, well, anyways, well, well, I don't know. She'll fuck it up. We know that. We know that for certain. Unless they don't. Unless they win, they impeach him and Pelosi becomes president. What that, does a win look like? Is it even possible? is it even timeline possible that he would be removed from office before the election? I don't know. That's, That's good, what I don't understand. This, the timeline Clinton's doesn't impeachment add up. proceedings lasted for months and months exactly. and months. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And it's like and Nancy has to fucking know this. I just feel like there is an even more twisted ninth dimensional chess fucking long game she's playing here. Right. Thinking that this is Somehow she's twisted in her head that this could play well for Democrats come the election. 
not like not actually thinking that he's going to be removed from office. I'm right. telling you what I think it is. I think it's I think what it is is they're trying to bolster the case for Joe Biden because they're that out of touch. Yeah. I think this is as much about is about defending Uncle Joe's honor yeah. as it is trying to embarrass Trump and they're going to end up creating a much bigger mess than they right. I guess it is pretty wild that the whole impeachment inquiry is all about pitting Trump against Biden. Exactly. Hoping, like, just They're billing pu- what they pushing, hope. Pushing him into the... Yeah. The, you know the secret? The, it's a prequel. The election. Yes. Yes. Remember the secret where, like, they're, you know... They're just skipping the primary. Right. Yeah. It was that book where, like, you know, if you just name it, if you speak it into existence. <laughs> they're trying to speak Trump Biden into existence because in their warped minds they think this is the matchup that's going to get it. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Well, maybe the hottest take is that this is all an anti-Bernie campaign. It, honestly. Well, no, I mean, it, it, that's, oh, that's not that hot. That's just a, that's a very lukewarm take. <laughs> everything, exactly. everything at this point is a, is a Bernie takedown. Well, I mean. It's a conspiracy in a, against in a way, Bernie. In a, in a way, if you have, like, Biden and Trump, the two names at the center of this impeachment inquiry you're talking less about bernie sanders like they're intentionally trying to talk less about the guy that's raising more money than anybody so i mean i don't think that's a crazy yeah. take at all i think no, that's just that's true par for the course right because he is with uh, with an average of 18 okay what's Buttigieg's? what's his average gift probably 16k <laughs> i don't know yeah they didn't mention it it's got to be thousands. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they won't even say. They yeah. won't even say. <laughs> Top uh, contributors, war dogs. <laughs> it is pretty insane that he... I mean, even if... I guess, are there people on the left who uh, aren't in the Bernie camp? Maybe not. I was going to say, even if Bernie's not your candidate, that's pretty... Uh, I mean, I have fucking people who cl- claim to be progressive and left us in my direct parameter i have to deal with on a daily basis that are like i'm not even a bernie i'm not even for bernie well, let me say something about that <laughs> so, Here's- I mean, what am I, supposed to like? I, I guess it's just like even if even if so to these people this at least is proof that there is a movement of poor and working class and petty bourgeois people who lots of those <laughs> trust me who are uh who are ready to be mobilized regardless right. well I mean, one thing i want to say about the bernie thing real quick because i've been thinking a lot about this it's like we think of like bernie supporters as like or like a lot of people think of bernie supporters as these bros as these like you know that are horrible to women and all this stuff and teachers are his number one and teacher, <laughs> well, yeah. but, but also but also too like <laughs> all those women. all those things can be true there could be a lot yeah. of even a disproportionate amount of Bernie supporters who are fucking misogynistic assholes that doesn't. Sure. You know what I'm saying? The majority of men are. The right. odds are with us. But that exists right. in... That, that, <laughs> that, ex- mean, I, I, that exists in the Warren camp. That exists in the butt chug camp. Any, anywhere men exist. Yeah. Anywhere men exist, there's bullshit. Right. Yeah. Thick. It's yeah. thick. It's basically like, you know, you wouldn't fucking kick down Creed because their fans are douches you know what i'm saying yes you you would you would the band uh, Creed. I certainly would do that. <laughs> yeah the analogy here doesn't quite work no, but i see what you're i'm saying. joking <laughs> no i was just i was just thinking about that it's like you know i'm sure there are people that are misogynistic assholes that also have you know like not like i don't know how i would phrase this but like 
could believe the right things about politics or whatever, you know, that like that poor and working people, you know, whatever. But still also like funnel their misogyny into the form. And you see, I mean, you do see it. Like, I mean, you like. You hate to see it, folks. Yeah, I mean, like you do see people like, I don't know. Anyway. Finish the thought. I was just saying that those two things are not mutually exclusive. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. No. Like Ber- Bernie Bernie is obviously the best candidate, but he also could have a lot of bad followers. Like right. it's not, you know what I'm saying? Right. So. Of course. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't that doesn't mean you shouldn't vote for him because <coughs> some of his followers say horrible things about yeah. whoever. You know what I mean? Are idiots. Yeah. Yeah. Um well, um on that note, if you like donating to campaigns, donate to the Patreon. Yeah, that's yeah. a good campaign. Yeah. We ran into a lot of people over the weekend that had just been binging trailbillies for weeks. Just yeah. like burning through uh what do we what do we got now on free episodes? Almost two hundred? No, like hundred and fifteen or something. JK. Yeah, like hundred and fifteen. But plus twenty the Patreon episode. That's all I'm saying. If you have burnt through your free content, Look no further than the Patreon. You can drop a easy five dollars instead of giving it to Bernie. Just give it to us. <laughs> That's right. Or, or you know, feel free to give us eighteen oh seven. Yeah, and give us eighteen oh seven on the Patreon page, and then you get another fucking sixty some hours, right? Sixty some episodes, right? Hot juicy stuff. Really better content, honestly. Yeah, yeah. We're unfiltered. Somebody was commenting on that this week. Yeah, our, telling us how good our Patreons are. Yeah, um, and it is good. The Patreon content is truly premium content. Yeah. It is better than the last hour and 20 minutes that you just heard. Oh, yeah. With very For little sure. laughter and even arguing. misery. So go check that out because that's good shit. Well, I made the argument this weekend, the joke this weekend that I used to argue with Terrence for free. Technically, I guess I still am because this is a free fucking episode. Technically, you are. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, go to the Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Trillbilly Workers Party. It's really simple. It sends the Patreon right into wherever you listen to your podcast. It is. Very simple to figure out. And it's good shit. And there's one episode a week mm-hmm. on there. That good, good. Raw, unfiltered chillbillies. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> only imagine. <laughs> All right. Well, go check that out and um, try to stay sane out there, folks. And we'll see you next time.